everyone. Welcome back to Who Knew We Didn't. My name is Marta and my partner in podcast way over in Gravenhurst is... Megan. Hey, Megan. Hey, Marta. So guys, um, we're doing a... <laughs> We're doing a remote recording, so if you hear some kind of lag issues or whatever, or if it seems like we're not in the same room, it's because we're not. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about psychology and different aspects of psychology that affect your daily life, things that we're curious about and want to investigate. And today we're doing uh, the Good Samaritan experiment. So Megan's covering the Good Samaritan experiment for us, and I'm just going to be asking questions. And shall we dive in? Megan, can you tell me? What is the Good Samaritan experiment? Of course I can tell you. I would be more than happy to tell you. So the Good Samaritan experiment. So apparently, like this goes way, 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 way back. Apparently in the Bible, Jesus told a story about a traveler who was stripped of his clothing and he was beaten and he was left like half dead at the side of the road. Um, first, a priest walked by him and then a Levite, I think that's how you say it, um, which is like a Jewish holy person, I suppose. Um uh -huh. Both of those people passed by him and totally avoided the injured man. And then finally, a Samaritan came by and a Samaritan was like a, I don't know, a type of person. <laughs> a Samaritan walked by and uh, even though the Samaritans and Jewish people really didn't get along back then, the Samaritan stopped to help the injured man. So hence the term good Samaritan. Um, it basically means somebody who would like do good and, and help a stranger. Um, and okay. it's basically just often boiled down to good people help and bad people do not. That's kind of the, the moral of the story. So that's kind of what this is stemming from. That's what the study stemmed from. So it's like a study conducted in modern day though, right? Not like a study from the Bible. No, it's not a okay. study from the Bible. Exactly. So yeah, the study was conducted by uh, John Darley and Daniel Batson in 1973. So, I mean, it's not as modern as today, but modern day, yes. Uh, well, more modern than that study. The Bible, yeah. <laughs> the, well, or that study that I did about, um, what, Phineas Gage, 1848? Yeah, definitely more modern than that. Um, so, yeah, it was done at the Princeton Theological Seminary, which is like, like the researchers were from Princeton University, but they conducted the study at the Theological Seminary, and they wanted to investigate the potential causes that would underlie altruistic behavior. So to take it like back to that story from the Bible, like why did the priest and the Levite pass by the injured man, and why did the Samaritan stop to help? Mm-hmm. So um, they had like talked about it and they thought, well, maybe the priest and the Levite were really in a rush. Maybe they were on their way to something or maybe they were really preoccupied with some super heavy thoughts or something like that. Maybe the Samaritan was in no rush to get anywhere. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. They, that's kind of what they set out to try and figure out. They wanted to, uh, they had three different hypotheses. Hypotheses? hypotheses. <laughs> they had three different hypotheses that they wanted to test. Um, the first was that people who are thinking about religion or helping thoughts would not be any more likely to offer help to somebody in need than somebody else. Um, another 
hypothesis was that people who are in a rush would be much less likely to show helping behavior than people who are not in a rush. And finally, that people who are religious for personal gain, like the priest or the Levite, perhaps, uh, those people would be less likely to help than people who are religious because they wanted to gain some spiritual or like personal insights to the meaning of life or something like that, like the Samaritan. Okay. Yeah. So even though Darley and Batson were from Princeton University, they went to this Princeton Theological Seminary to conduct this study across three days. And they recruited seminary students who were at the college studying to become priests. And they started by completing personality questionnaires about like the the subject's religion. And this was to try and evaluate that third hypothesis, like why why is someone religious? Like, are they there to do good in the world or are they there to get into heaven? kind of. Um, Mm. And afterward, they began the experimental procedures in one building. They gave the group of students some like religious teachings, and then they instructed the students that they were going to be going to a different building to continue. And one group of students were told, like after getting to the other building, that they were going to be talking about jobs at the seminary, like they'd be kind of doing a job interview, basically. And then the other group of students were told that they would be giving us a talk on the Good Samaritan like story from the Bible. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So each of the students, they were um, given one of three conditions. Some of them were (laughs) told. Sorry. Imagine being randomly assigned to like do public speaking as part of an experiment. Well, I guess if you're in school to become a priest, you kind of have to be ready uh, to you're right. be a public speaker at, at any given moment, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're totally right about that already. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but anyway, so they were each given one of three conditions. So some of them were told that they had plenty of time to get to the other building and actually that they were early. Um, another group were told that they were on time, but they should get going now just to make sure that they didn't end up being late. And then the third group were told that they were already running late and they really needed to get going. So on the way there uh, to this other building, the students were going to encounter a man like they didn't know this, obviously, but like this was the test. Um, The students were going to encounter a man who was slumped over in an alleyway and like trying to basically emulate the condition of the victim from the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, And like, basically they didn't know what was wrong with him, but like he, maybe he was hurt. Maybe he was drunk. He was going to be like moaning and groaning and coughing as they walked by on their way to the other building. Hold on. So they had, there were three groups of students. And then within those three groups, they were fragmented into yet another three groups. So there were essentially nine groups of students. Hmm. Like there were three conditions and three, um, one group, some religious teaching. No, there were three hypotheses that they were setting out to figure out. Um, there were two groups of students as far as ah, like two groups, some of them. Conditions. Yeah. And then three conditions. Exactly. Okay. So six. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I just, it's okay. Suck at math. Okay. Um, uh, so wait, so they were just waiting around to see if the students would react to the coughing man, I guess? Like, how did they measure those reactions? So, yeah, so they set up uh, a scale of, like, the helping behavior that they were trying to evaluate. So basically they were waiting to see would the students stop and help and, like, what would the 
effort to help be. So uh, it was like a scale of zero to five. So zero would be like failure to notice the victim at all. One Mm -hmm. would be perceiving that there was a victim, but not offering any help. Two was not stopping, but helping indirectly, like telling telling somebody when they got to the second building, hey, there's a guy back there that needs help. Mm-hmm. Um, three was stopping and asking if the victim needed help. Four was after stopping, insisting on like getting the victim inside, like taking them in, the guy inside and getting him help. And five was refusing to leave the victim and insisting on taking him somewhere like for extreme help. And then after the subjects would arrive at the second building, the subject would give the talk that they thought they were there for, like whether it was to talk about jobs or to give this like talk on the Good Samaritan. And then they had to answer a questionnaire at the end of it, like after after the whole thing was done. I just, I like this design because I like me a good scale. Like I like to know exactly what the behavioral things are and what numbers are assigned to. Like I like that it's not just subjective. I like, yeah, I like numbers. I like stats. No doubt. It was good. So what happened? What were the results? Um, Well, like first off, I also really like this because I thought that the testing conditions were pretty clear. Like they had very um, clear outlines for what they were trying to accomplish. I did enjoy Mm -hmm. that. Um, But as far as the results, so um, first off, I just want to, the title of where they published their results was really good. They published it in a 1973 paper called From From Jerusalem to Jericho, which I thought was clever. Uh, Normally (laughs) we hear studies of like very, very technical, like, did they did they publish it publish it in a journal or like just their study was called from Jerusalem to Jericho? Uh, I actually didn't get the name of the journal, but yeah, they published it in a journal, and it was just like the okay. the title of it was from Jerusalem to Jericho. I just thought it was clever. <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah, That's totally cool. for for nineteen seventy three. Totally. Um, <laughs> normally, we have such like rigid and appropriate titles. This one has flair. Well, ones that are like a comparative analysis of six groups, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Measuring helping behavior in college students at a seminary or something yeah. like super obvious like that. Yeah. Anyway, the results. <laughs> um, over Overall, 40% of the subjects offered help to, to the victim. So that means that 60% of the people did not offer any assistance to this guy. Um, and the results of the experiment showed that Basically, the speed of the subject was the overriding factor in their helping behavior. So if the subject was not in a hurry, nearly two-thirds of the people stopped to help that injured person. Regardless Um, of their group. Yeah, regardless of their group, exactly. And when the subject was in a rush, like if they were, you know, running late, if they were in the group that thought they were running late, only one in 10 people stopped to help. Um, And the breakdown of that, if you want the like detailed breakdown, because I feel like you probably do being you, um, when they were in a low hurry situation, 63% of the people helped. If it was a medium hurry situation, 45% helped and major hurry, only 10% would help. Did they, they didn't have a control group, did they? No. Okay. No. Um, But then further to the results, so people who were on their way to deliver a speech about helping others were twice as likely to help as people who were giving another type of conversation, like the guys who were going to go talk about 
jobs at the seminary or something like that. So Hmm. that measured the other testing condition that the thoughts of the individual were also a factor in determining their helping behavior. Um, So for helping relevant messages that they were going to deliver at this second talk, 53% of those people stopped to help. And for the people who were going for like a task relevant message, like going to talk about jobs, only 29% of those people helped. Um, And then finally, religious beliefs didn't appear to make much of a difference on the results. So like being religious for personal gain or being religious for like some spiritual uh, quest, that didn't Mm. appear to make any kind of noticeable impact on the helping behavior displayed. So really it was time and then somewhat also what they were on their way to do. I forget forget what this kind of study is called, but there's like a certain term like in the statistical analysis when it's like a table of things that all interact so like column one has two rows that it interacts with like so in a low hurry situation it's different numbers for helping relevant and different numbers for task relevant Mm -hmm. message that sort of thing but yeah I remember learning about this kind of stuff and they were always my favorite ones to see those interactions it's super clear it was like a really nice experiment to research because it all was laid out so clearly Sorry, my dog's barking. One sec. It's okay. She's got stuff to say. Okay, so back in. So basically, you're telling me that if you're in a rush, you're probably going to be a jerk and you're not going to help me if I'm (laughs) dying on the street. So like, don't die on Wall Street. Die on like a rural road. Well, no, not on a rural road because like your likelihood of passersby are not going to be many. But I, yeah, basically... Yeah, if you're on Wall Street and people are running by you because they got places to be and people to see, yeah, probably not a lot of people are going to stop and help you. People who are in a hurry are less likely to help someone in need, even if they're on their way to talk about Hmm. being a good Samaritan. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so this could mean that like the ethics and altruism become kind of like a luxury as the speed of our daily lives increases. That's one of the conclusions that they drew from this study. Altruism is about more than stopping to help in a single situation though, Um, or at least like that's kind of what I was thinking as I was going through this. But like altruism is about more than just stopping to help in a single situation, right? So like as I was going through this, I found another study and um, it was around 100,000 people responded to, I think it was the World Value Surveys and it was done across 53 countries. Um, And in that study, it found religious people are more than five times uh, more likely to volunteer compared to non-religious respondents. So -hmm. while it might not predict like how an individual is gonna react in a single scenario, religious or like faith honoring people, uh, like having a lot of faith uh, might predict more long-term altruism, like volunteering. Um, And also I was curious about what type of help was offered. Like the study found that if you weren't in a big hurry, you were going to stop and help, but it didn't really, it wasn't super clear to me, like which on that scale of five, zero to five, it wasn't really clear to me, like where those people would fall. Like maybe I wasn't in a rush, but did I stop and like insist on taking him to the hospital? Like it just, it didn't seem to be clear about that. Um, You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And also like, Yeah, like the study found like if you weren't in a big hurry, you were going to stop and help, but nothing really related to 
whether or not your religious motivations made you more likely to lend a helping hand. I don't know. Um, but for the people that did stop and help, maybe it was because they had time, but yeah, what help was offered? Um, were people with the religious motivations, like I want to do more good in the world, going to offer better help or like more help than people whose religious motivations were focused on their own personal gain? Um, yeah, I don't know. These are all just kind of things that came up for me as I was going through this. Like it, maybe it didn't affect whether or not they were going to stop and help, but maybe their religious motivations could have affected how they helped if they if they did stop. But alternatively, it could mean that like like people's attention and focus was narrowed in on their like we know that them being in a rush caused them to be less likely to stop. So maybe it was that they didn't even make the immediate connection that there was an emergency. Like if maybe if they were in a rush, it wasn't that they just like saw the guy and ran away. It could have had nothing to do with altruism. Like maybe they didn't even know the guy was there. You know? Yeah. I also want to know like how good of an actor that guy was lying on the street. Like, was it the same experience for everyone? I've walked by people who were moaning and coughing on the street and like, maybe it's not an emergency. I've walked past people who aren't moving at all on the street. Like we talked about in your, what was it? Bystander effect? Study, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you compare it to the, yeah. If you compare it to the Bible story, that sounded like that guy was in a bad way, like a really bad way. There was blood, et cetera. So in this experiment, I get that they couldn't go as far as making him like literally bloody because you know ethics etc but is coughing and moaning really a sign of distress like was he really selling it I was thinking the same thing as I was going through this and also like were there a lot of other people around so like you mentioned a few weeks ago we did the bystander effect and discussed that like the more people who are involved in the incident, quote unquote, the less likely a person is to get involved. And also many of the subjects who did not stop did appear like anxious when they arrived at the second building. So like they were in conflict between helping the victim and getting to meet the needs of the experimenter. Like, don't forget, they were told you have to get to this next building. You're in a rush. Um, So maybe it's a conflict rather than like that they were callous and uncaring and that explains their their failure to stop and for all we know they felt really guilty for not stopping to help um mm. yeah so either way even if we think that we do the things we do because of like internal traits um driving our behavior realistically situational factors that might seem really like inconsequential like being a few minutes late play a pretty powerful role in our helping behaviors at least I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, it's a cost-benefit analysis to yourself, too, right? Like, if you're already running late for something... Yeah. Then no, totally. Like, your cost is higher to stay and help the person. Yeah, agreed. And I also, like, really, in thinking about the bystander effect and thinking, like, how do you weigh that? So, yeah, if there were a bunch of other people around and I'm running late, well, then you know, there's more going on than just like this good Samaritan effect, I think. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, hey, I'm curious to see like what other altruism studies there are, like other than just this, this one. Yeah. Main main good Samaritan study. This is all I really, (laughs) (laughs) this is all I really focused on for the um, purpose of this episode, but I should look that up like, and, and try and find more studies on altruistic behavior in general. And like, maybe I'll do a future 
study study on something like that as a follow-up but um yeah That'd it was dope. it's it's uh this is kind of I think a psychology 101 experiment I it think totally it's is. yeah it's, it's in all is. of the textbooks in chapter one of psychology 101 faux show <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm sure there's more beyond this like people would have poked all of these holes and probably many more into this study and gone on to try and figure the rest of it out well, that's the point. That's the point of science, right? Like reproducibility, testing again and again and again, like making it happen again. So I'd like to see it again with a control group to see what um, you do what like a control group, don't you? I, I love me a good control group. This one had the scale that you like, maybe not all of the other sorts of testing conditions that you love, but it was the 70s. I mean, like we can't, you can't be perfect, right? Like maybe one study will have a scale. The other one will have a control group together. They make one halfway decent study. That's not how science works, but let's, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. let's pretend. Anyway, um, I actually, I really enjoyed the study and you did a, you did a good job, like hey, thanks. telling us all of the things that I would have asked anyway. It's so. a, I, it was, it was not a hard one to research. Cause like I say, it's a psychology 101. Like this was a, I could find lots of articles that were all like very, it wasn't like I found a lot of conflicting results or like a lot of conflicting opinions on this study. Like everybody, everything that I read across the board was like, here's how it went. Yeah. Um, well guys, if you liked that study or if you didn't, or if you want to just reach out to us and let us know how you're feeling today, how is your, how is your head? How's your day going? How's, I don't know where I'm going with this. Did you uh, try any helping behavior of your own? Yep. That's something relevant and like makes way more sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys want to reach out, we are, who knew we didn't everywhere, um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, we have Patreon with new levels. Um, and we actually just made t-shirts and I will, I think I'll post a picture of those yeah. on Instagram. Which you should cool. put a picture up. That would be cool. Um, and maybe a picture of both of us wearing them. Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Well, I guess you guys will see by the time this makes it out there into the, into the universe, but there, um, there will be a picture on Instagram by the time you hear this episode. If you guys want one of those, that's a Patreon level five, $10 donation, $10 per I month? think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so come join us, join our patrons, listen, uh, to more episodes. Let us know how we can improve. Let us know what you want to hear about. And thank you so much for coming back again. That's everything. Bye. Bye. <laughs>